listening to the Hollywood Boulevard podcast. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Hollywood Boulevard podcast. And this is week, is it nine? Episode nine. Episode nine, yep. Episode nine of of, of the season. And it's my pick. Um, uh, I'm Joe Turek, and um, I'm here with my co-host, Jonathan First. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, Doing good. With, with, with the topic we got today, couldn't be much better. <laughs> um, and Alfred, how you doing? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Good to be here today, Joe. Great, great. So um, uh, my pick, uh, as, as we said at the end of the last episode and going into this one, is um, Christmas Vacation. Uh, the great late 80s uh, comedy that I think everybody's Everybody's seen. If they haven't, they must be living under a rock or don't watch movies. Maybe I don't know. I should have brought. I'm I'm drinking soda, but I should have brought some eggnog. Would you Would you have had the Wally the the Wally World mug too? I wish. I know they actually. I I I saw that in the stores, like at at one like the um uh, novelty stores and stuff like that. And I was like, they'll they'll make a buck on anything. So expensive uh, Smart, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you can get them on Amazon uh, Prime. Oh, we're oh really? I, I I know like Amber's got a shirt for the for the for the movie and stuff like that. I, I don't have the, a, the egg egg eggnog egg glasses they have on online. Yeah, so then, but um, well, I I just have I just have the movie. I have it on Blu-ray, VHS, and um uh, DVD. So I have all all three of them. I, I have sort of a standard issue Blu-ray, so I don't think it's it had a commentary on it, which was kind of cool um, with a lot of the cast. But I don't have. I, I think they put a big time special edition out. I don't know um, what versions you guys might have if you own it. I'm sure you, you probably do. I uh, I used to own it. Um, I don't oh, know where it is. I can't find it in my uh, collection. But uh, I watched it on uh, Max. Um, I I was gonna buy it because just like I said when we did our uh, the Christmas story thing, I found this Christmas story 4K for ten bucks, and I found uh, the what is it the uh, the, the vacation um, Christmas vacation uh, at it was supposed to be at Best Buy, and uh, I guess they were all sold out. So gotcha. uh, kind of sucks. Yeah, I got I, I when I opened it up to get t- take the disc out to put in. I still had the receipt in there from the thrift store. I, I, I found it at a thrift store for a couple bucks. So keep um, that receipt, so. man. Those are always fun to like look at, you know, like you yeah. years later. Yeah, I, I, I did that um, recently and, and, and looked inside one of them. And the receipt, the print was almost gone because it was like a Circuit City one from like one of, I think it was like one of the first DVDs that I bought. I think it was Enter the Dragon or something like that. And it was just like, wow, this is quite a bit, quite old. And yeah, the print was kind of faded and everything. Speaking nice. of that, I kept most of my movie stubs from high school and college. They had like a couple hundred movie stubs of movies I saw. I do that too. I have like a like a, a couple big sandwich bags of them and stuff like that. Now now everything's digital, just about. But um, uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of interesting. It's like pulling the pulling the tickets out and the, like I I think the oldest one that I have from high school is I think I had like Lock Up or something like that. That's still oh, wow. movie. <laughs> so stuff like that. But um, uh, so. Alfred, do you do you own this movie? I have my dad's hand-me-down DVD. There you go. You got a new one, and I got that one. But for this one, I couldn't find it, so I just watched it like four or five times on Max. 
Yeah, the beauty is that it's on streaming on Mac. So, and most of the Christmas ones are like a Christmas story is on there too. If, uh, you know, um, if I hadn't wanted to listen to the commentary for a Christmas story, I just would have watched it on Max. Yeah. Now, did I don't think do they put the commentaries on there as well? Sometimes I, I, mm -hmm. I on Max, well, at least for the 4K, yeah, for Christmas story. I don't oh, know. Okay, oh, not on, yeah. no, not on, yeah. Max, the streamer, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, if you own the media, the physical media, yeah, yeah, that's the um, but yeah, the the commentary that's on here on, on the crucifications, uh, Randy Quaid, Beverly D'Angelo, Johnny Galecki, Miriam Flynn, uh, the director, and one of the producers. I was like, that's a, that's a pretty, um, pretty full house. I might might not be able to get a word in edgewise on, on a conversation that big, but that could be interesting to listen to, yeah. but um, uh, so um. I know we always like to talk about when we saw it for the first time and stuff like that. So, uh, for, um, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I saw it in the theaters, um, uh, the second week that it was out, I didn't see it the first week. And, um, uh, it, it, it came out in um, December of 89. And, um, the funny thing was, is, uh, I was going to school and, um, high school and, and the, one of the guys was talking about it and he's like, Oh my God, this is so great. And this, that, and the other. And he's, He's like, why haven't why haven't you gone to seen it yet already? And I was like, well, um, I went and saw Back to the Future two a second time that first weekend. So, so um, uh, uh, there was a justifiable movie there. But um, uh, so yeah, I saw it in the theaters then, and I've seen it in the theaters a couple times over the years. I actually um, last year I saw it um, uh, at the at the twenty four plex here. Um, so I've seen it a few times on the big screen, and so many times on streaming or disc or whatever. So. Uh, that's for me. Um, Alfred, how about you? How, what was your first viewing for this? I think it was on cable or VHS. I wasn't a big fan of these movies when I was growing up. I don't know why it just didn't click with me, but then um, when I come home to visit for Christmas, when I was, you know, after I moved away and stuff, my dad loves it's one of my dad's favorite movies. So, yeah, uh, you know, just hang out with Dad watching it, and then it's kind of grown on me over the years. So much so that I've watched it a whole bunch of times. I feel like I had to catch up. You know, I had to cram some viewings in for this one because I like it so much. Like sometimes I just want to, you know, it's just there's just so much stuff happening, and there's a couple parts I don't really care for, but we want to get into that. But um, yeah, um, I want to hear that uh, at some point. The stuff you don't care about, because there are some I don't care about either. Yeah. You know? I think we're pretty much all decided what it is when we bring it up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But okay, yeah, well, so I enjoyed it. Okay, and um, Jonathan, when was your first time seeing it? Oh God, I I don't remember. Um, it it, it once again, it's like it's kind of like Alfred. It's a movie that's kind of grown on me through the years. But when I, I like, yeah, I I never really liked Vacation. I thought those movies were sort of boring in a way. Like they weren't that funny to me. Um, I don't know if like the humor just never connected with me. I I own them on Blu-ray. Um, Vacation and European Vacation. I don't have Vegas Vacation. I don't even know if that's on Blu-ray. Um, but uh, I I own those other two, and um, I think it's uh they're funny, but they're they're not like laugh out loud hysterical. Like like I think all of Nash Lampoon's feels like that to me. Like I never got into Animal House. I never thought that was really funny. Um I just they're just not that, you know, hilarious, I guess, to me. So uh maybe it's a generational thing or something. I don't know. Um 
But I think the first time I saw it was probably on cable or a, a VHS or something. And I just was like, I, I might not even watch the whole thing back then, you know, because it, it didn't, uh, it didn't appeal to me. Now, now rewatching it and having seen it a bunch of times after, yeah, it's, it's definitely at least Christmas vacation has really made me laugh like at times and, and made me think this is, this is what a modern in the eighties family was like, you know, mm -hmm. for Christmas. So I, I get that. Like I, yeah. I get it for like nostalgia's sake, sort of. Yeah. yeah well, I, I really liked, um, I really liked the first vacation as well, but I mean, it, to me, this one is just, yeah, it's in a league of its own and, and not, not very often that, um, that that people like part threes better than than ones or twos. So like that. usually in a series it goes downhill. But I mean, I guess this is a little bit different because it's not it's not the conventional series of like sequels and stuff like that that you might get um, to where because um, each one has its own little unique um, angles, if you will. Um, the first three, anyways. I know European. I a, a good friend of mine, you know, John. I think this is his like his favorite. That's his favorite one is European. But I think that's because of his European background and stuff like that. So I've uh, uh, met a few of the Rusties. You know, um, I met like Anthony Michael Hall, and I've met uh, Jason Lively. Have actually drank and hung out with Jason Lively, and that dude can drink and hang out. Like he's really, you know, uh, a really cool dude. Um, uh, he can handle his alcohol, um, but he's, you know, but aside from that, I never, I, I, I don't really, like, I don't know much of the stuff. Like, I've watched them a couple times. I need to probably try to just binge watch them at some point and just watch them more, you know, and uh, see yeah. if maybe I, I did like Vegas Vacation uh recently and i thought that was sort of funny but it still has moments where i'm just like eh, it's you know like, it's not yes. my type of humor yeah see for me vegas really really dropped the ball i i worked in the theater when that one came out and we were kind of amped for it and then it was then we watched it and it was just like it felt like we were watching a tv movie and it, it was kind of disappointing for us but um uh, that's ones that were so um ingrained on the originals um so it was a little bit different time too i mean gosh that was 25 years ago <laughs> or so um so uh, uh anyways uh so um uh so yeah the, it came out in the um uh december of 89 and um like i said it opened up it opened up at number two in the box office it was either two or three um uh behind back to the future and it actually didn't get number one until its third week and um, right around Christmas time. War of the Roses was also out about that time. So um, that was the other movies that was really big then. But um, uh, it ended up doing quite a bit in its initial run at the box office. And then, like I said, it's come out over the years, re-released um, each number of Christmases and stuff like that. Because heaven knows they need to have good comedies at the theaters and at Christmas time because a lot of they try to do holiday movies now and most of them usually fall pretty, pretty flat. So, um, uh, well, Christmas movies nowadays, I mean, what are they going to do? Christmas movies where people are on their phone, you know, during Christmas. I mean, it, it, family dynamic is so different now that, mm -hmm. um, it, it's fun to watch these movies once again for nostalgic sake of, you know, seeing that. Yeah. The Christmas movies now that get, get any sort of play in the theaters are more the, um, uh, the, the horror ones almost or the revenge of the action movie like this year there's the action one that's coming out violent so, night um, 
yeah, Silent exactly. Night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, classic John Woo type movie. But um, uh, yeah, so um, uh, Christmas comedies are, 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 are nice. But yeah, a lot of those now Hallmark and I guess has, has the, the niche, the, the audience for that and straight to video and straight to TV. And there's only so much stuff you can do because of technology and different things. So um, uh, one thing before I get into some of the different scenes and I want to hear what you guys have to say too is this was the first time that I recall ever seeing a Walmart. Um, I know it's really a small little thing that was in there. Um, I didn't know of Walmart prior to this. Um, uh, we didn't have so, any around us. Yeah, it was like, um, so I saw in the movie, I was like, I was like what's that? And, and, and I think that was before they were even open 24 hours and stuff like that. So, um, so, so seeing stuff like that, it was like, oh, and then, then um, uh, one of my favorite stars and one of my favorite shows was in it too, in a smaller role, but great nonetheless. And that's um, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus um, playing Margot. I mean, she was, she, she was a hoot for this too, but um, uh, so um, I'm, I'm like, I was good. There's no need to go over like what the story is because I mean, everybody knows the story and stuff like that, but um, I'm, I'm so piqued to know what, what scene or stuff like that was one that maybe you didn't like, and then we could sort of branch off from there. Um, so, Alfred, you said there was a couple things that you just didn't it just didn't hit you the, the same. Yeah, yeah. So, wh- wh- which one would you think of, or one of them? Oh, that's it. But I can't get fried. I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> it was funny to me. I got five cats, so we're, I'm gonna yeah, I, I forgot about that scene, and I was like, oh, like really. You know, well, they was, do that. They they do that in two of the three movies, basically, because in the first one, it's not a cat; it's actually a dog that gets. Yeah, I was saying, I do. That's what I like the yeah. first movie. I don't think this well, stuff. Think? I don't. Find. That's, yeah, I remember. That's why I don't like the first movie. <laughs> I just think that yeah. like terrible. It's it's, 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 it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of harsh. Um, yeah, the, those sort of things, and 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 in a lot of movies I watch, it's like does a dog make it or does the cat make it? And it's like, yeah. if they don't, it's like, uh-oh. And usually that's more the action or the horror movies and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you can go wipe out 20 people in the horror movies, but it's like, does the dog make it? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like... So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And I, I thought that was going to be the joke or whatever, that the dog and the cat were going to run around with each other or whatever. Totally forgot that the cat fries himself with the the lights and everything, and it's so cartoonish looking. You know, yeah. it almost feels like a cartoon. So it it didn't bother me as far as like you know whatever because it just it didn't even look real. You know that it happened, mm-hmm. but yeah. it it bothered me to the point of like them you know just going okay, well the cat's gone. Oh well, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Oh my god, that was a living, breathing thing. And like the mm-hmm. squirrel running around yeah. and everything. Like I thought something was gonna happen with that, but thankfully she he just attacked Julia Lewis Dreyfus. So oh. who, I was like, Yes, all right, that's cool. Cause she was so annoying. <laughs> and then the dog jumped on top of her after that. It was just like, gosh. I was like, she just got no wonder she got back to the um back to her house and just decked her 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 husband or boyfriend, whoever. Did he oh, look cool. like? I swear to God, I thought that was Rob Lowe for a second. Like I, I know I forgot who the actor was, but it was it, it was it's, it's, it, it was Nicholas Guest. He's um the brother of um uh, Christopher Guest. Okay, um, I thought I swear yeah. to God, I was like that's Rob Lowe, or if that wasn't Rob Lowe, that's a Rob Lowe type part, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. So um, 
is was that the scene you were thinking of too about the disappoint uh, the the that rubbed you a little bit with the cat? No, not necessarily. Um, just a couple of the side parts that just sort of came around. Like I I didn't care for him going jewelry shopping and and hitting on the chick, and that just went so long for me. Like uh, it was funny for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it just it kept going. And I'm like, can we can we cut this scene a little bit, please? Like, it's just like it's taking away from the rest of the movie, in my opinion. Like, you know, um, though it was funny that the the son saw him afterwards and was like rolling his eyes, like, "There's my dad hidden on the, you know, yeah. jewelry store well, girl." You know, well, you know why that scene got added. There, there's a there's a good reason why. And um, uh, Christy Brinkley turned down a, a role in this movie because she said it didn't seem like it would fit this type. From what I, what uh, one of the things I read is that it would her because she has the, the the driving the car scene and vacation and and stuff like that. So they were trying to do something comparable to that, where where he was messing around with a with a younger girl and stuff like that, it's just joking around. And so it was kind of in that same vibe. And then it just sort of, um, but but yeah, one of the. <laughs> The, the can't um, can't see the lions canyon and stuff like that. That's that's sort of a line that I quote sometimes to people. Uh, it, it comes up in weird ways, but it's just um, but hmm, interesting. It's always interesting to hear different takes on things from uh, that 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 you, one that you might truly enjoy, but hearing from a different perspective. But I I truly understand the cat part because I'm just like, yeah. but but yeah, that didn't bother you, did it, uh, Alfred? The, the him hidden on the chick? No, not really, but I can see where you went. You know, it did kind of go a little while. Yeah. I mean, it just it's just a few minutes more than I feel like it should have. Like, I, I got it, like, because he does flirt a lot with other, you know, like the scene you were saying where she, he was looking at the driver in the, the first movie or whatever, and it was Christy mm -hmm. Brinkley, you know, or whatever. Like, that's cute. You know, that was fun, uh, funny, whatever. This just felt like it was uh, – it, it didn't really – other than to show that – because later we get the scene with him just staring off into space and watching some chick in a – basically do the Fast Times of Richmond Eye scene. You know? that, that was the same girl. It was the same girl. Okay. Well, yeah. So what was – so that just kind of you know started – I did not know that. I didn't even realize that either. Yeah, uh, he, was, but he, it, was, he was he was daydreaming because of the pool because he he had the because they were going to get the pool and stuff like that. So he was daydreaming the pool scenario and then crossing up with the girl and then it just all all crashed apart when the girl when the little girl came in thinking because he looked like Santa at the at the window. Right. The well, red, did he ever mention the pool until that time? Yeah, he had the interaction with um, uh, his coworker. Um, Oh, okay. uh, they ask asking if something's been delivered and stuff like that. Then he talks about the installation of it. And, it, and um, uh, th there's a there's a few things too. Cause, I mean, as idiotic as some of the stuff that Clark does, I mean, he's an inventor basically. So I mean, he's really a smart guy, or his character is. I mean, but but um, he, he just his common sense is kind of lacking at times. And um, uh, but one of the inventions there's there's a variety of different inventions on the wall, and um, one of them supposedly is um. Uh, one of the contraption oils or something that they used in like the Blues Brothers or something like that. So it's like they, they had like the little hidden references in there. And I know that we always find humor in seeing 
um, references to other movies or to the originals and stuff like that. They do that in here too. It's like they have the um, when he's in the attic and he finds the old gift in the that's unwrapped in the in the in the wood where he's hiding the other presents. Um, it's it's um, from Mother's Day of '83, and '83 is when the first Vacation came out. So it was like sort of a a throwback to that year and stuff like nice. that. So, so things like that. Um, uh, so, um, uh, so a, a little background on, on like the, um, uh, the director and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not very familiar with, um, uh, with how you, I don't know if you pronounce the name, Ch- uh, check Jeremy Chichek. I think um, so. He, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, and he, he, um, he's on the front of the time magazine at the beginning too, when they're laying in bed reading, that's actually a, a picture huh. of him, but um, that's funny. Um, but he wasn't the original director. Um, John Hughes was going to direct it, I believe. And then there was a couple other options. And Chris um, Columbus. Chevy, yeah, Chris Columbus. But there was some uh, bickering or something like that. I think uh, said Chris that Columbus hated uh, Chevy um, Chase. Chevy yeah. Chase. And I only know this because they discussed this in there's a, a really great show about like the movies that made us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was Home Alone. And it was talking about how John Hughes want uh really liked adventures and babysitting and thought chris columbus was a great director but chris columbus made a really big bomb like right after uh i forgot what it was but he made this really big bomb did bad and so john hughes offered him uh you know christmas vacation and he was so excited because christmas is his favorite time of year you know and and Mm -hmm. all this stuff so chris was all excited and started going and then working with Chevy Chase apparently just butted heads and everything and they couldn't get along. Uh, and so he said, I can't, I can't do it. And he bowed out. And uh, the other director, Swarzik or something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chick-chick, whatever. He came in and, you know, not whatever, but you know, you know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. came in and he uh, rocked it. So I mean, yeah. he did a great job, uh, especially mm-hmm directing Chevy Chase and and probably not trying to kill him. So Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I I, I read that um uh it was there so the, so Columbus had a shot at it, but he was busy um and he ended up he was doing I guess home alone at the time or was it, and then Hughes was doing but there was he was tied up with Uncle Buck that was happening at the time. And Chevy Chase suggested um bringing Harold Ramis into it to direct that would have been great. He bit, but he was busy filming Ghostbusters too. So it was just like oh, uh, he was he was so, busy acting Ghostbusters too. Damn. Yeah. So so there was a lot of a lot of different. Um, and I I think he was he involved in co co writing of, of Ghostbusters too, I believe. But um, he was Harold Ramis was just busy anyways at that point you know, of, of of the eighties. They all seemed to be, and um, so they went this different direction with it. But um, uh, and I think I, I I'm trying to remember if that director's done much else. I thought he did a movie with um uh with uh, Denzel and Meg Ryan and like courage under fire, maybe um, something in, in the nineties or two early two thousands. I can't remember. Oh, the director. Um, yeah. Um, and probably look him up and probably see he's probably done a, a handful of other things too, but um, uh, he's a one. TV director now. Uh, gotcha, mainly gotcha. does uh, TV shows like the gifted and bitten and the right kind of wrong, you know, wrong. I don't know all these things, but I did see he did Benny in June right after this. Oh, okay. And then he that, did Diabolique. And uh okay. oh, he was the director really? of the Avengers, the uh the the from the oh, British the, TV the, show. The Ray the Ray Fines and Uma one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so he 
he has a, a, I guess you'd say he does TV and a lot now. He does more TV now than he does, okay. uh, does yeah. anything. Yeah. So, um, uh, so that was sort of behind the scenes uh, on a couple of the, the, the things. And they, they talked to Lynn, um, uh, was it Buckingham, the one who did the big, uh, the, the theme music. And um, he didn't want to get stereotype or soundtrack type stuff. So they went a different direction. And uh, the opening thing, the, the credits is, is great with that song. And they do it on the end. And the animation, I love that little animated sequence and stuff. Right. I don't, you don't see that anymore. You don't see animated. Oh, well, because we don't have, we don't have main title sequences anymore. Um, those are long gone because people just don't have the attention span to wait three minutes for yeah. a cool like opening or something, you know, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. The only time you get it now is like with the new James Bond movies or something like that. That's because, I mean, because they have to do that. Cause that's just part of that, that line of movies where they have the big popular song and they, they, they do that sort of thing. But, but yeah, I really like the animation in this and um, uh, it sort of plays into um, some of the stuff with the, with the um, lights and his problems with um, handling lights and all in the movie. So, so, um, uh, but um, the opening scene of the movie after the credits um, with the, with the truck and stuff like that, it's one of the greatest lines. Like, Oh, rock. It's, it's just, uh, which, which line? It. I missed it for a second for, um, look kids, a deer while he's uh, trying to get the kids look the one way while he's flipping somebody off the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like if something's happening somebody's like, being difficult with me on the road, I'm always thinking of that. And it's like, look, look, <laughs> look the other way, say hammer or something like that. So I can, I can um, uh, give somebody else a bit. I think it, cause I, I don't really want to do that nowadays because nowadays you might get shot. <laughs> yeah. Alfred, you don't ever do that shit, right? You don't ever try to flip somebody off while uh, driving. Uh, Alfred, you there? Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing in my youth that would happen, not anymore. Back I don't lay on the horn or nothing. Yeah, yeah. nowadays you can do, so do anything like that. You, you're liable to get run off the road or worse. So, well, I mean, uh, he he went underneath a fucking like, truck or whatever, and that scene alone was pretty freaking amazing that they were able to do that. And, and like the fact that they... Uh, they didn't even get stuck. They were actually still driving, you know, or whatever. That that would be scary to me, like terrifying, even as a stunt to do, because you have to keep at the same pace as the truck or whatever, you know, in order to, you know, so you don't I, run I into think them. They showed like a, 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 a something how they did that on a making of a long time ago that I saw, um, and uh, yeah, that that that's like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I would react in that sort of situation. I'd probably freak out. I, that's just. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I'd, um... I'd be I'd be terrified to death. I, I would want to do everything I could to get out of that situation right then and there or whatever. And then and then they get into the uh, the other lane and the car flies off because of the snow snowmobile coming at the same time. So they drive off and hit the uh was it the the tree sign or whatever and trees for sale or whatever sign and i was like thinking i mean this is my brain now not when i was a kid but my brain now is like thinking aren't they gonna get like in serious trouble for destroying public property like that <laughs> like you know 
Yeah, and I, I think um, they did something similar in, in part one where he where he goes off off the road and takes out takes out some stuff. So it's like sort of a his driving leaves a lot to be desired. I think just in general. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, well, I guess in the first one he fell asleep at the wheel too, which was <laughs> created some some real challenges. Um, but um, so so um. Uh, and, and that I, I said that was like one of the best lines. But then that interaction after he gets after they get the tree, and they don't have they forgot the saw, so they have to like rip it up out of the ground, which was funny. See, so you see the roots all hanging out of the tree. I'm like, how in the world would you dig a tree out? Uh, how you know, would they dig a tree out, and how would they carry it back? Like yeah. all four of them, they're tiny people. There's no way they could take this mm-hmm. big ass tree. And but the magic of filmmaking is you just skip cut two that's already on there and you don't have to explain anything and it's a comedy for a drama you'd have to explain everything if it's a comedy nobody cares because it's yeah it it just move move on the next thing but i'm sure paul would be um squeaking the continent something with the monkey or something like that he'd be maybe he'd say not real not real no 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 but um uh when they get back to the house they're getting ready to um, uh in that interaction with todd and (laughs) Margot, it's like um you're like got uh i think you misunderstood the size of the of his, of his roof she says something like that and he's like where are you gonna put a tree that size he's like bend over and i'll show you no he, she <laughs> says that right i know and then yeah and then todd goes um you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that and then clark's like i wasn't talking to you <laughs> to, to, to margo i was like that's just wrong in so many ways um yeah yep, so yep. so um uh uh, Alfred, um, what's some of the stuff that you really liked in the movie? I really liked the the, sl- the sledding scene. <laughs> that cracks me up every time I see it. Goes, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he talked about the um, uh, the invention that he made. He was putting it on there, and and Eddie in his one chant, one one sign of actual intelligence. Well, he had a few of them, I guess, but he's usually making dumb decisions. But he's like, he's like, I don't want the only thing separating be- between separating me and the ground is, is a piece of government plastic in his head. Um, he's right. like, I'll just pass on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I, I like that he like twirled around. At one point in yeah. it, you know, when he was going down there, because I thought, oh, my God, they must have had so much fun filming that stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It it looked it looked like a great scene. Um, at least it came out really great. Yeah. And then they show the sled like a few scenes later um, when um, Eddie's um, uh, emptying the shitter, basically, <laughs> in, the, in the in the in the um, trash area. He picks it up. It and looks at it. It, it, what's that? Oh, shit, it was full. Yeah, but but in that scene when he's emptying it and stuff like that, he looks over in the trash pile and he picked up the sled. And the sled, you see the sled with the burn marks through it and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my god, there it is. There, there, there's Clark's sled. But yeah, that that shitter is full scene. That's just oh my gosh. A lot of the uh, a lot of this movie was just so like just comedic like quotes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 they but they they did. They did good things though with um, uh, foreshadowing and setting stuff up for later payoffs. Because, like in that scene there with the, the Shooters Bowl, Clark and um, uh, they, they, him and his wife, they talk about it's like he should know not to do that because it's um, 
uh, anybody light a match within 50 yards of there is going to, it's going to cause trouble. So later on, of course, um, Lewis is lighting up his stogie and he causes the explosion that just causes chaos there at the end of the movie. I love William Hickey, the guy who played Lewis. He, uh, he's been, he was in like the puppet master movies or at least the first mm-hmm. one and stuff. And he's been in a few other things, but every time I hear him, I like he has that voice, you know, like and everything, and he has this grandpa voice that just sounds so. I don't know. I just, I just love listening. I, I, I wish he had done like a a book on tape where he read something because I would have listened to his voice and be happy, you know. Yeah, he he was in something I watched a few years ago for the first time in like thirty years. Um, if I remember, um, was it Tales from the Dark Side? I think didn't he like he was in a wheelchair or something like that. His character was. Probably uh, I think it was Tales on the Dark Side, but um, but yeah, he, uh, and he was like, was it like twenty years younger than the the lady that was his wife? So, I mean, she was, um, he was, he was, I can't believe it said he was only like in his sixties in that movie. He looked so much older than, than that. But was um, he in his sixties? He did look like he was older. Yeah, I think he. I think I I saw that he was like sixty one or sixty in that. So, so oh wow. Um, yeah, he looked he looked significantly older than that. Um, let's see. He he died. Wow, he died in 1997 at the age of 69. Yeah, so this was only like less than 10 years before that. So he was. Right he's always 60. played old men, like in his 60s. Jesus, you know, yeah, fi- he might have been in his 50s actually if, it, yeah, if he was 69. It. Gosh, wait, that's less than. That's about like less than ten years different from where I'm at now, and that's what I'm, uh, maybe I don't have that self awareness that I'm, maybe I, I don't know my aging that quick. Can he age that quickly at that point, or is that maybe you can play time? older? You know, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. Just put put some yeah. gray hair, or like gray, gray, gray hair, like white hair in your thing, yeah. and you can play older. Or in this one, you like take, he takes the takes the um, toupee off or something like that because oh god, I love that scene. Because he took his hat off and the toupee came with it, so it was just like, oh, that was ridiculous. And um, the one who played the the old lady, I think, um, she was like the voice of like Betty Boop or something like that back in the day, like as a kid, um, uh, or as in her younger days. And I think this was her last movie because I know she was really getting up there. Um, when, oh when wow! Made. But um, I um, yeah, she did. I, I think that this and like Roger Rabbit were two overlap later movies. Um, that she yeah, that she was she Betty Boop. Wow. Yeah, and she, she did the Betty Boop in uh, Roger Rabbit. That's all. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think that those were like two of her last credits, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow! I think I, I think Christification might have been the last one. Well, she was in New York Stories as well, which was a, a short oh, film, like yeah. anthology that I think like Martin Scorsese and I think she was in the Woody Allen one, um, Oedipus Rex. Um, okay. Which yeah, so, uh, so that. that's that's funny. I, I like yeah. I liked her I um I liked where she did the uh what is it the uh she was supposed to say grace and so she said the uh, national was it the pledge of allegiance to the flag yeah she did that and then she sang the Star Spangled Banner at the end <laughs> and then she you goes know. play ball yeah I know right that's well that's that's what they usually do what was it now was it the at the dinner and um was it. Eddie stood up and, saluted, and put his hand over his heart or saluted or something like that. It was like, go figure. Eddie um, just went with the flow. I love Eddie, you know? Yeah. Um, 
now Randy Quaid, I mean, this is like, I've seen him in it. Obviously we all seen him in a ton of stuff, but this is probably the movie that I, that I always remember him most for is these is, is as this role. Um, I don't know. Are you guys in the same boat there or. What do you think, Alfred? Um, I didn't follow that. So. Um, Randy Quaid. Um, yeah. Uh, is this what you, you always know him from always think of him as like this being his, the main role you always remember him for, or do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been in other stuff, a ton of other things, but it's just this is the one that'll always be memorable. And 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 I believe they wrote him into this more because people were so disappointed that he wasn't in European vacation. Uh-huh. So and and they were right with that. And to be honest, some of this his stuff in Vegas vacation was probably that that was probably the better parts of that to me, anyways. Um, but well, you got to know his did. family a little bit more from that one too. Like it became. Mm-hmm a little bit about Eddie more, you know, or something in Vegas mm-hmm. vacation. I mean, you got to know his family pretty good in this one as well, but like that one, I don't know. It was just, uh, I, I feel like that one was a little bit more Eddie spot inspired and it showed like the transition because like right after Vegas vacation, they did Christmas vacation to Eddie's uh, cousin, Eddie's, you know, Hawaiian like trip an, or something. Yeah, island vacation power park. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh so I, I never watched it, but uh I yeah. watched like about half of it and I couldn't I just couldn't. It just got <laughs> it, it just, just it, got, it, it would probably feel weird without you know It's like Caddyshack two. I know, right. Yeah. Well exactly. did Caddyshack two have some of the people from the original at least like or whatever, I guess, but it it still oh. didn't feel like Caddyshack, you know. Oh. Yeah, and um, uh, if I remember correctly, for the Christmas Vacation two, they had um, uh, one of the Audreys was in it from the one of the earlier ones that uh, came back for that, um, but it was just it was really forced and just it was like a, it was one of those made for video no budget type of movies and stuff like that. It was, it was yeah, they have to have that. something else to tie it in, not just Eddie. You know, yeah, yeah, and it it showed that his character is really not. It, he's really good as a as, as a foil type of character, type of you know, than being a, a centerpiece of of the movie. That, that shopping this, like, scene is one of my favorites in the movie too. Like, I just I love where he's just putting everything in the cart, you know, but he's putting like four things of dog food in there, and 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 it feels like he's not just getting it, like he's just a sort of. You know, he's not abusing his relationship with Clark because Clark seems to be like a okay with, you know, helping out or whatever. But he he sort of is abusing his relationship with Clark. You know, well, he is because he already had a list ready. He's like he's like this is so unexpected, such a surprise. And he's like I got a list. And Here's he's a like, list. <laughs> that and um, uh, when he was throwing the bags in, I don't know if you noticed it, but Clark puts a little box of lights in there, and 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 he throws them two big dog food bags on top and you hear him crunch he just crushes the bag because it um and then i hear that some... oh yeah listen that next time you're watching it just listen out and you'll hear you'll hear the crunch of all the, the lights that's in this little box thing that, that clark puts in there nice um, uh the walmart was it old roy dog food or something like that though the the big monster bag i guess i guess snots would eat a lot because he was a pretty big dog but um, he's a pretty big dog yeah, um, I, I remember when they introduced his character in there and all, and Eddie's like, 
you've never seen a dog with a set as big as, as big as this. And you see um, uh, Beverly D'Angelo, they cut to her and she looks like looks over at like just trying to see what's going on to see underneath. I'm like, that's kind of freaky or creepy type of thing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so it, um, uh, what what other um, things really make this rewatchable to you guys? Alfred, you go. Alfred? For the scenes? Yeah, scenes are just... Um, I know yeah. you talked a little bit earlier about like... Um, uh, with your dad or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What, what, um, what, what, what makes it like re rewatchable to you? One of my favorite lines of is that we're gonna have to have half your shoes is, um, and oh, what's the guy's name? Danny K or Danny? Danny, yeah, Danny, 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 Danny fucking K. I just love this. <laughs> Damn, you love that whole to... like monologue he did. Mm -hmm. Bing Crosby. Yeah, I love that. It just makes me laugh. And then the part where he's like, holy shit, some of the past the aspirin, or whatever he says there, he just passes out. That makes me laugh, too. I like that. And the house is great because my friend Gary, his dad, um, put it, it was like he would disrupt the, we used to joke that he disrupt the airplanes at Patrick Henry, you know, because his house is so bright. But his dad's mm -hmm. had that kind of thing going. So that reminds me of Gary's dad. And um, um, and of course, you know, Brian Doyle Murray's great in it. The se the second time he's in he's in one of the vacation movies too because he was in the first vacation in a very small role as well. Um, uh, do you remember him in that one, John? I don't. He was he was the guy who got them the the um, cabins at the campsite. Really so small. Wait. He's he he has so, his hat on backwards and he's like eating watermelon. So he plays two different roles. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a nothing, a quick cameo, basically, in the first one. And then, um, in a bigger I mean, his, role his in role, this one. Yeah, in this one, he has a, that one there, he's just basically somebody that's like, he's basically the, the just the person who manages the, the campsite. Um, so he's only in like one or two scenes. But um, in this one, he actually has a, a, a fairly important role. If, if he's, I, I, I hard to say villain in this, but he's sort of the, the one that's, has to play has to have some stuff done to him to to change a character to change things at the end. I tell you one part I do like is um, is it almost doesn't really belong in the movie, but when he's in the attic and he's watching the old family movies, it just seemed like it was out of place, but it was very good. I really like that scene. I think what they did was the original stories for some of these vacations was written for the National Lampoon magazine, like in the late fifties, and um, mm -hmm. I think th this might have related to that um, with with some of the writers and stuff the, the, okay their history in their time period and there's also they show in there that um one of the guys it's a, it's like rusty in the navy and i'm i'm wondering if maybe that something there might be what crosses up with um uh the old the old lady and stuff like that in her mind with the new rusty the young rusty and stuff like that so um yeah him sitting there watching all those videos and stuff like that in the attic it's just uh, and that gives him also a chance to some sentimental stuff, but also some slapstick stuff. Cause I mean, when he gets nailed with that, that the, the, the latch and the yeah. door, it's like, and then he goes up there and he gets smacked on those boards. It's like, yeah, oh, boards I mean, that's some good physical humor. 
Uh, and then later they open up the the door, the you know they they open up the thing and he falls through, but you don't see him fall through or whatever, which I thought was a clever thing because obviously that's you can't really watch you know Chevy Chase fall through there. There's you know some kind of trick where he probably just fell like two two inches down, you know, or whatever, and then they cut, you know. But uh, it was it was well done. Like I I laughed my butt off at that stuff because I was like, why? I mean. Why would you sit on the on the on the door, you know, if it could get open at any time? Like why would you do that? That's that's a thing about his character. He had, he has such a brilliant mind for, for, say they, with the inventing stuff and all this stuff, but his common sense sometimes. It but it's all he has such a uh, a good heart, I think. It it's just he's very misguided at times and sometimes he just very lacks the the common sense. And because I know I wouldn't want to sit there, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, what, what, what other options do I have here? Um, but I, um, I don't, I love Doris I Roberts, by the way. Um, I've always loved her, and uh, and I forgot she was in this movie, and she plays such a like what I, what I, I think what I like and what probably would be rewatchable for me is the fact that uh, the, it's a family movie you know or a dysfunctional mm-hmm. family movie but it's a it's a family movie it's a it's about families coming a family coming together to celebrate christmas and everything and uh doris roberts's character is just i don't know she's like an aunt or something and she's so she's well, kind well, I think of she's Be- i think she's beverly d'angelo's mom mom okay yeah I th- yeah i think i think it's a, i think that's um yeah and yeah, I think it's. I, I, um, let's see here. It says Francis Smith is the character. Francis and Art Smith. That's E.G. Marshall. So they are. Um, well, we don't know what Ellen's maiden name is. So I, I think they. I think she says, "Oh, mom," which talks about because um, Doris Roberts says she has hemorrhoids. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, mom," or something like that. So I think it is her mom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So she's she's sweet as hell in the movie, and I. I always adore her. I loved her in the movie Grandma's Boy. I love her in, you know, everything I've ever seen of her. She just always cracks me up. Um, so, you know. Yeah, she was she was on um was it was it Everybody Loves Raymond, I think was the, the show that she was on in the, in the later years. Yeah, with but, uh with what's his name? Was it Peter um Peter Boyles, wasn't he that? I think I, I, I think Boyle, he's yeah. like he's he's like second um behind what Romano. Um, uh, Ray Romano is the lead. Yeah, yeah. I I miss yeah. Peter Boyles. Like I really and Doris Roberts. Both both of them yeah. are passed on, but I, I love both of them to death. Well, they said th- three of the four parents are gone because E.G. Marshall played the the dad or her, played Doris Roberts' husband, um, and um, uh, he he was he's been um, wasn't he the president in one of the one of the the, the superhero movies? I can't remember, but um, um. he. Uh, there was him, and then um, John Randolph's been in a lot of stuff. I, I people like you know, you know, has been in stuff. It's just like you just can't think of titles right off the top of your head. And then there's Diane Ladd, who's who's um, still still uh, around, uh, still still around. Uh, Laura Dern's mom, if I'm not mistaken, she played uh, the original Flo when Alice doesn't live here. That was the uh, Martin Scorsese movie that later became mm-hmm. somehow or whatever became a uh, sitcom called Alice. You know, yeah, and, and, and if I'm if I remember correctly, Diane Ladd became a different one in Alice on the TV show. She played another wait a, a waitress on there. Um, <laughs> but, amazing. And she's and she's and she's um 
in, in one of my favorite movies that I hardly ever talk about with people, um, uh, movie Wild at Heart. Have you ever seen that? Um, oh, with Nicholas Cage? Cage? Yeah, it's a David Lynch film. It's really bizarre, but um, uh, she plays, it's sort of like The Wizard of Oz, like inverted with like an Elvis theme with the main character. But um, uh, Diane Ladd's like the, the Wicked Witch she that because she's the mom and she's like the evil mom and stuff like that but um uh, i've always always enjoyed her in, in, in movies but usually in smaller roles like this um and and and, and in christmas vacation she just gets knocked over clark when he's um looking for the squirrel and stuff like that he just knocks his mom right over onto the couch when he's trying to run the one time i'm like that's so wrong i i you know what i think Alfred's right. I should have probably watched like this three or four times because there really is so much that happens in this movie. Mm -hmm. And there's so many characters that it's really hard sometimes to like completely focus on everything that happens. Just if you just watch it once, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, then the kids, Juliet Lewis, um, uh, which uh, this was right about the time that she really became uh right before she really broke through with like Cape Fear and in California and stuff like that with National Born we Killers about, later. Yep. Yep. We were just talking about her on the other podcast yep. recently. And um uh, uh she was really, really funny and um uh, good in there and uh, some good good back and forth between her and um uh which was really strange her have to sleep next to her little bro- her brother at that age. It yeah, and then like, he's, he's like all trying to cuddle with her and stuff. That was awkward. I I, I think he was a restless sleeper. I, I I would hope that would be all it was. But she was like, "Get off me, you little fungus." I know. <laughs> and then, and then I Johnny, know. I, I've like, never had to share the bed with any of my sisters, so you know, or brother, you know. So I don't. Yeah. Well, me, if, it's, if, it, if, if it was the same sex at a younger age, it might not be that big of a deal. But but I mean, they were. I mean, they were what, 15, 16 ish area or somewhere between 14 and 17. So, I mean, that at that age, I, but I guess they had a full house. They had nothing else they could do. Um, mm-hmm. That's where you yeah. had to sleep, man. That once again, it yeah. goes back to the family stuff. Like, this is, this is what happens when you're, you're hosting the house. Like, um, even today, my uh my aunt will come to visit and she will get like the guest room but if somebody else comes to visit i get kicked out of my own room <laughs> you know <laughs> like just that's just i have to go sleep in the living room because that's just the way it is you know like the guests get to actually have the bed and the you know or whatever the they're you know people's beds and you have mm-hmm. to do that you know yeah. um yeah and um uh but uh, this was probably the first thing that I've seen Johnny Galecki in, although he was in two Christmas movies that same year, but um, uh, the other one's kind of forgotten. Um, Prancer. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, uh, but uh, he's uh, obviously went on to bigger, uh, not bigger, but um, uh, huge things as well with, um, uh, he had the small role in Roseanne. Well, not small, but it was pretty decent size then. Then Big Bang, which is a whole different. I, <laughs> you say you, okay. I hate to say this, I hate to break it to you, but I guarantee you, at least today's like generation or whatever, everybody will know Big Bang as opposed to Christmas Vacation. I think Christmas Vacation is still a big, big time movie, but Big Bang Theory was a huge. I mean, those guys got a million dollars per episode. You know, every single one of those. Yeah. You know, well, he's not the star of Christmas Vacation, so he. I mean, he's not. He's not the centerpiece of the film. So on that note, probably, but 
I don't know. I think that there's probably more of a saturation of Christmas vacation in, the, in today's lexicon than Big Bang, because I know people that haven't seen an episode of Big Bang, but I, I don't know many people that haven't seen Christmas vacation. So I At least know. once. Interesting that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause it's, it's so just ingrained into the Christmas culture and stuff like that. And I didn't see, actually, I had not, I did not watch my first episode of Big Bang until this past year. And, um, uh, now I've watched, I've watched quite a few of them <laughs> and, and, and like, what was I missing all this time? Because it's, I, it's, yeah. So it's one crazy. of the guys kept telling me, go watch Big Bang. You're going to like Big Bang. And then one day I'm bored uh, at a convention, a horror convention in Kentucky, and I'm by myself in the hotel room, and it's a Saturday night, and TBS is doing like a Big Bang marathon. So I was like, all right, what is this? I'll watch this. And uh, it was the episode where Will Wheaton... Uh, got invited the guys to a party and everything and the guys you know want to go instead of Sheldon and Sheldon says the one line and it makes me love the movie to death or the show to death this one line like made me like absolutely want to watch the show and where he goes uh you're you guys are gonna go you guys are gonna regret going uh going to the party with the one guy from stand by me that nobody remembers and when I heard that I was just like, Oh my God! I cannot believe they got away with that. Considering Will was there on the show and he was okay with them saying this and everything, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna watch." And I continued, and since then, it's been one of my favorite shows of all time. So, yeah. and, and and like we talk about Christmas Vacation and stuff like that, what need to watch it again and again just to catch all little things. Those episodes of Big Bang, it's like there's so much. The the dialogue is so quick and it's so fast paced. It's like is there there's a lot of references that i'm sure that you could get on third fourth fifth viewings and stuff like that to, uh, letting it resonate even more well they've like, been like christmas the episodes and i've never once heard them say something about christmas vacation why did they ever jab at johnny you know like you know like something like uh you know uh oh christmas vacation and then johnny Gillette, you know johnny Gillette, you can go you know, oh, I hate that. Uh, you know, I hate that show or something. Where it, you know, like because that it, you're right, it is so famous. But for anybody to like talk about Christmas Story or any other movie, you know, and not mm-hmm. talk about that. That's I, yeah. I think they could have done something, and they could they could have thrown a line in there, like like yeah, but they're always changing the rusty, and this had to be the worst of them all, or something like that. <laughs> something like they could have thrown a nice jab, and like you're like you're comment about Will Wheaton and stuff like that. They could have right. they could have really played that up, and I mean because. The the comedy in that show is just is brilliant, and it's like Alfred. Alfred like, did you ever I, see it? You you've never seen any? You've never seen any episodes of Big Bang Theory? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, are yeah, you a fan? Was, um, I was for a while, and it just seemed to get same thing every every week. But I had other reasons for not liking it, but. You just um, I saw it in a bad part of my life, so you know, that and everybody loves Raymond. I I do not like Raymond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I so not everybody does it. love Raymond. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Everybody loves Raymond. Not but, but no, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, it's, a, it's just it's like a, a going. Is it time when I get rid of my cable? So I stop watching the new ones. And but the movie, there's a lot of funny stuff in there, especially pop culture stuff, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, well, Big Bang isn't it on like um Max? It's on, now? It's on Max. So if you ever want to watch it again, I mean, I, I, 
I adore it. And uh, I still like I, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, I was watching it when I was sick, you know, because it just it, it's just to me, it's a comfort show, you know, to yeah. watch and just, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Plus, dude, Kaylee Cuoco oh, wow. is literally my favorite, like uh, that. She's my number one crush. Like, I can't I don't know why, but I like anybody else in the world. I I I bow to her, you know, as far as like, you know, mm -hmm. um, so I I would I would die if I got a chance to like write something that she got to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she uh yeah, so I I I mean I, I watched um eight but the the first show she was on, the one with John Ritter, I, that's where mm -hmm. I knew her from for the longest Three's time. Company? No, she no, was not no, on uh, Three's Company, she was a little young for no, that. She, yeah, oh. she, you know, eight, eight, eight simple rules about dating my teenage daughter. Oh, yeah, um, it's yeah, the one, yeah. It's it's the one that John he passed away on when they were um, it, like just started another season of it, and um, but that's the first thing that I I think that she, well I think that was probably her first credits, but that's where I always remembered her from, and and then then she just became like a mega star from um, Big Bang. Now she's a Priceline girl. Like it's weird to see her doing all these Priceline things. It's really funny to see her do the Priceline things. And then she had a show where she played a stewardess. Yeah. It's a dark that, show. The, the, that flight <laughs> attendant one. Yeah. That's it. There is kind of nice little tongue and tongue and cheek humor with that. Yeah. <laughs> that she would, that she would do something like that. But, but, um, but yeah, Johnny Galecki in this, this is um, uh, one of the, the uh, probably like I said, the first thing that I saw and then um, with him in it, but um, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo, obviously they, they, They've been in all of them. Uh, it, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a vacation movie without them. And I think it's not a vacation they, without Chevy. Yeah, and 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 um, I I know that he, he sometimes is accused of having an ego and stuff like that, which um, kind of bit him, I guess. Well, it didn't bite him, but it's like the um, uh, have all the issues with why who didn't direct this and stuff like that. And it sounds like that he's been difficult. And I think there was some trouble also on Saturday Night Live with him and stuff like that. So. Um, but sometimes those uh, the geniuses of their respective crafts sometimes can be um, uh, can have their quirks or whatever. So I read a, a great story. Um, I'll just paraphrase it, but there was a great story with uh, William Goldman, the guy who wrote Princess Bride and Misery and many other movies. He wrote uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Um, mm -hmm. And originally, Ivan Reitman was supposed to direct it, and it was going to be a, like a, a comedy, like. Um, uh, is going to be a, a supernatural sci-fi comedy kind of thing, you know, and everything with special effects, very much like Ghostbusters. But unfortunately, uh, they also hired Chevy Chase. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the actors actors rule, you know, with anything. Like if you get a big star in your thing, directors, writers, everybody else don't matter. You can always replace those guys, but they don't want to replace the actor. So Chevy Chase wanted it to be more dramatic and wanted it to be about the exploring the loneliness of invisibility. And so William Goldman was like, okay, but that's not what Riven Reitman wants to do. And so you wrote whatever, and uh, John Carpenter ended up coming on board of that. And I have, I remember seeing it in the theater, but I don't think I've seen it since. I don't remember it being any good enough where I was like, I want to see that again and again and again. I think I was like, eh, eh. Yeah, I, I saw it on, um, uh, we had the, we got the VHS screener of it at Blockbuster back in the day, and that's how I saw it. And yeah, well, I you didn't even really go to the theater it. for it, huh? No, 
No, it's um, looking at his movies around that time. Um, uh, uh, before then, um, before uh, Christmas Vacation, he had like Fletch Lives, which I think that didn't do that well in the theaters. In Caddyshack 2, which we just talked about a little bit ago. Uh, oh, so he was actually people. in Caddyshack 2? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, one of the great music videos uh, I really like, um, uh, the Paul Simon song, You Can Call Me Al. He was in that video. I love that video. Mm-hmm. It's where he's just sitting there acting like he's singing. Um, but Three Amigos and then the one before that, which we um, we just talked about a few um, episodes ago. Um, uh, Alfred's movie, Spies Like Us. Oh, Spies Like Us, yeah. Yeah, so... So, wow, um, that's, again, I keep forgetting that we did Spies Like Us, yeah. and then right after we did... Right time ago. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so one, once again, my, my, my picks sort of evolve right around each other with either my own previous pick or with one of you guys, with an actor or a director or something like that, so... Oh. Um, yeah. I think, I think we all have, like, things we enjoy from the 80s, because this is that's what the season was all about the 80s and uh mm-hmm. we have things that we enjoy from the 80s and um and whatnot and you know i pick like goonies and then you pick gremlins and and you know and, and it just sort of works and and alfred man alfred picks like sort of the fun like you know ones mm-hmm. that aren't like doesn't feel like you know whatever like spies like us uh right you know, running you did scared. Excalibur, you did and running uh, scared, running scared, and those just those are all sort of semi different, you know, from what mm-hmm. we were doing, which was great. I love that. And I think it, and it shows I, and our I, and personalities. I, and I, yeah, and I bookended the '80s with um uh the 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 teen um uh Fast Times Ridgemont High type stuff, and then uh, I ended yeah. It, yeah, then then ending it here with um uh with 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 chris vacation uh this was like my senior year of high school so um uh so this one uh, i i remember remember where i was and i always remembered that conversation with the with a friend when he was telling me different things about the movie and all because he saw it opening weekend and that's uh so nostalgia and and and, and all and that's why i absolutely love this film and that's why i have it as one of my uh favorite christmas movies uh just it's it's just a fun movie. You said on uh on the Christmas story one that we did mm-hmm. that Christmas story and Christmas vacation are your uh like yeah. number one, you know, like Yeah, they, it's it's, it's like one A it's it's one A and one B and um uh this one to me is funnier than Christmas story in general, but Christmas story has a lot more heart and it it also really strikes chords with me because of it being uh, the boy, which we talked about on that, on that, on that, on that, on film freaks, which I recommend everybody listen to that. Cause that was a, that was a, a real, I, I had a lot, I think we had a lot of good discussion on that one, but um, we had a uh, two hour long just, show. Yeah, freaking Yeah. The, yeah. The, the heart of Christmas story is, so it's like, if I want something that's really going to really tug at the nostalgia and in, in the spirit of Christmas and, and really get um, emotionally engaged that to that level, that's when I say Christmas story, but just wanting to laugh and have fun with Christmas. Christmas vacation is just, a, it, to me, it's a riot. And that's why Definitely. I love it so much. Very much so. Um, yeah. So, uh, Alfred, what's your favorite? Because we talked about it on uh, Christmas Story, mm-hmm. what our favorite like uh, Christmas movies are. But like, what would be your top three Christmas movies? Um, March of the Wooden Soldiers with Laurel and Hardy. Oh, interesting. Um. Emmett Otto's Jug Band Christmas. 
And um, let's see. I really liked... Um, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life came to me later in life. Cause it used to be a big joke because it was on 50 times a day. It seemed like back in the early 80s. I'd say um, Marshall the Wind Soldiers with Lowell and Hardy. Um, so that's your... Couple... I'm ahead. thinking, trying to... My processor's going to run slow. Um, gosh. Yeah, it, It's a Wonderful it's... Life was was probably my number three. It, it'd probably be right there at number three. But there, I mean, you got so the, the Charlie Brown Christmas and, and stuff like that that I I, I would also yeah. have kind of kind of up in there. Well, new ones, new like I really like the Bishop's Wife. That's one of my favorite ones. That with Cary Grant mm -hmm. and um, and I can't think of her name. It's got David Niven, Cary Grant, Bonnie Woolley. It's really good. It's all the Bishop's Wife. Yeah, it was or, Cary or Grant. All right. Yeah. yeah. Or Alfred, you could say like some people be like start the debate with some, it won't be a debate here, but um, uh, throw Die Hard into that, huh? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> one that I really enjoy watching is um, Rich Little's A Christmas Carol. Hmm, interesting. So you're you're more in the older films kind of thing. Yeah. What 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 is it about the older films that like attracts you? I'm not sure. Um... It just seemed a bit more. Um, I can't put my finger on it, but um, there was oh, there's also a version with um, oh, it's a wonderful life. It's called It Happened One Night. It had um, Phil Donahue's mm -hmm. wife in it. It was pretty good. Oh, it happened one night. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a screwball comedy. Oh, it happened one Christmas or something. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. I think if it's like a they swap Jimmy Stewart with her, but um, yeah, I like Richard's Christmas Carol. I was looking forward to that one. Never thought it should have been Christmas. Will and Hardy, Marshall and Soldiers. Nice. I guess this. I guess this gets into some sometimes the discussions. I know that Amber and I have um, when we're listening to Christmas music, like in the car, and I put it on like the holiday traditions station because it's like the old old Christmas songs and stuff like that and she prefers like the Jolly which is the more contemporary Christmas music and stuff like that so um, I'm like well I'll keep with tradition because I know for for certain they're like Little Drummer Boy will come on there which is like one of my favorites um, uh, and we won't get Mariah Carey on that station so no um, no thank god cause, cause, and, and, and she knows cause it's like we're going to a store and they play, they play the um, uh, all I want for Christmas is you, and I'm just like I, I just cringe because I'm all I think of when I hear that song is just commercialism. It's just it's just about it's about buying and people selling stuff, and it's just it's just oh. Christmas songs I really like. Do they know it's Christmas with the Band Aid they did? Yeah, stuff like that. The the and, classic um, stuff. Paul McCartney's um, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I think this one album when I was in college. It was like. All this new wave stuff. Uh huh. It's a great. It's called it's Christmas time or something. But hey, uh -huh. my play, I ruined my my CD of it. Cause I played it so much, but, but we re recreated most of it on, on the playlist. Yeah, like like I I like the um the Bing Crosby and um uh, Bowie. David Bowie. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Bowie the, um uh, drummer boy um Peace on Earth uh, mashup. Uh, I, I really like that. So yeah, the more, the more classic ones, and then um. Uh, of the contemporary stuff, I mean, I say contemporary, but I mean, once we get out of the '80s and stuff like that, it starts to really drop off from there. Um, yeah, I agree. Some of the, yeah, I mean, I like um, 
the Run DMC songs always I always like that yeah. with them. Uh, Christmas and Hollis, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, but it seems like after the '80s, um, and and I don't know, maybe this is something that as we're getting older, these type of movies and the season and the music, it just it, it harkens back to childhood memories and nostalgia and stuff like mm-hmm. that for us. And I think that that maybe that's why, like you like some of those older, the really older um, Christmas movies, because it really hits at emotional core of, of who we are and where we were when we were growing up and stuff like that. So um, and, for sure. and Christmas vacation might be Christmas vacation might be sort of the last bastion of that because when it wins the nineties, I mean, I, I guess a lot of people let, like elf. Um, I'm not the, I know, that's I, know, 2000s. I, know that's, I know yeah so 2000s even more even more recent so um uh yeah i mean elf and to me i was i said bad santa when we talked recently and stuff like that too but it's 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 just not the same i mean 80s and before it's just there's the nostalgia it just seems like it was better made product for the most part mm-hmm. so, yep. you know. i i don't know i kind of agree um but i don't for me i, I, I mentioned was i mentioned was that the new series with Kurt Russell on Netflix is pretty good too? That's true. They did the the Christmas Chronicles. Looks like the guy from the Hateful Eight playing Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would think Snake Snake List uh, was it uh, Snake Plissken playing Santa Claus is, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus. We talked about that yesterday too. Mel Gibson I, and, and I've seen that him and uh, if, uh, who was his wife. Um, I can't remember who played his wife. I'm, I'm keep thinking of Viola Davis, but it wasn't. It was um, um, Marianne Jean Jean Baptiste, maybe. I don't know, but it, um, uh, but she played Mrs. Santa. Um, Mrs. <laughs> yeah, Claus. That, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, that was a that was a pretty good, interesting, different take on stuff. I mean, it's not really a Christmas movie. I mean, other than the fact that it's <laughs> the, that he's Santa. Um, uh, but it's not the traditional Christmas type of stuff. Yeah, it's called Fat Man. Yeah, Fat Man. Yeah, and who who played his wife, um, Mrs. Claus? I'm not sure. Hold on, because was was it an African American? Yes, person. So it was Marianne Jean Baptiste. Baptiste. Okay, yeah. So I was I was, I was like, it was a Viola Davis or Marianne Jean Baptiste? I couldn't remember. Okay, so it was it was her. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, interesting film. Cause I, if I remember correctly, that story it's it's basically a a kid who gets upset that he didn't get the toys he wants, and he's rich, and he basically puts a hit out on Santa. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, see, and, and, this is he, this is what we're this is this is the two thousands. This is completely yeah. different than the eighties, exactly. where it's like traditional family stuff, and now it's like, yeah, well, and, what, and, what else can we do with Santa? In 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 movies like. That one, it makes me think. I have this sort of the view that 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 Gibson had as Santa is like, what happened to people? He's like, people used to be so appreciative of stuff, and and it's like when we watch these movies, we used to this used to be so appreciative of the older stuff. Now, because it's like the new stuff is just so, I don't say watered down. Not it has to be PC, and it's just it's it's not as good. There there are exceptions, and thankfully for that, and sometimes we get that on the indie stuff. You know, we can see some of that, on, um, uh, which is which is cool. But um, Hollywood needs to make some more good, good, good Christmas movies. They do. They certainly do. But they don't. <sighs> but you're right. I think a lot of it goes to like Lifetime or Hallmark or whatever, and so they don't really 
like the wholesome family ones go there um and then so the stuff like violent night which the boys from uh, uh sonic the hedgehog slash uh uh hey stop stabbing me and game box 1.0 wrote you know uh violent night you know which i uh, great what fun little you know um christmas but uh, you know uh action movie you know but You know, it's a wonderful knife. It's another one. <laughs> it's a wonderful knife. I mean, this is what we're getting because what else? What? But it's a wonderful knife is a horror film though, and it's it, it it's it's on Shutter now, and it, it's a small. It, it it's not a big production, but it was. I it it, it had a lot, it could have been better, but it was some good stuff in it too. Some really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, all of these movies they could, yeah. you know, uh, especially nowadays. Um, and just feel like they're just kind of like, what else can we do? You know, because it's already sort of been done with with a lot of those family, traditional family comedies and stuff. And nobody really I hate to say it, like this movie might have been like really the the nail on the coffin of 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 real good vacation stuff. This might have been the peak, you know, mm -hmm. of everything like they tried to remake it. And vacation just didn't work, you know, to me. Like it, it didn't feel the same. The yeah. even with, um, uh, with Chevy yeah, Chase and Barb yeah. uh, and Beverly D'Angelo being there, I believe, I believe both of them were there. It just didn't feel like vacation, you know. It didn't feel the same, um, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Well, well, but but she she did come back to a Christmas movie last year, though. Like you were saying earlier, with Violent Night. So um there uh, but, you go but but yeah it's just um the magic i think after christification is just sort of to me it, it fell off and it's unfortunate but at the same time it's it uh it yield it yielded at least two really really great films to me um and, and that, that i love um and they came from the 80s and it's where i think a lot of the good stuff came from mm -hmm. well I agree. Uh, yeah Is there anything else that we wanted to touch on on uh, Christmas vacation? No, I'm, um, not. I'm always interested to hear different takes on stuff of of things, and I I guess if they would just done something different with the cat, that probably could have been good. But I'm sure that they'll be like, well, the PC nature of the society, and uh, so I, people can okay. people can argue and debate everything. So you know, and that's and there, there's good good parts to that, but then sometimes it's like it's just kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. and how some people how some people can how, how some people especially today with today's movies it's like you can't do this you can't do that and it's, uh, well, there was nothing in here that would really like i mean the cat thing is such a cartoony scene that it wouldn't you know wouldn't get anybody canceled there's no there's no scenes in this movie that would get that would get anybody canceled because you know mm -hmm. nothing really inappropriate you know in the in the sense of like this is just disgusting that they would do that or 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 even racist what ha yeah. happened in this movie it's, it, it is more family oriented yeah. you know and stuff although the one scene and it's not offensive at all but it's, it's hysterical and i love the, the the office dynamics of it is when the boss shirley and all his minions come by and he's like kiss my ass kiss his ass kiss your happy hanukkah <laughs> it's just it, but the office dynamics of how stuffy cultures it can be at times that was really 
the way it was then and nowadays it's gone to more of an open concept in the offices but but back then it was a very closed off closed tight can't breathe type of society and stuff like that so i don't know but yeah i'll agree um yeah that that i i guess you know and the fact that he couldn't uh, you know that that the guy didn't want to give the bonuses out or whatever Yeah, you Jelly know the Monk Club. That's funny. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Eddie still had it. He had an optimistic view on stuff, but I mean, uh, Yes. and 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 him kidnapping that was, he really did. Heart of gold, head of rocks. That's and I think that's Clark said Yeah. basically says so, and it's and that's that's spot on and and it played well into the story. I mean, I I, I it, I think it was really well written for the type of movie that it it did. It's not like a a deep think type of movie, but it's one that you can just really enjoy. And I think <laughs> no, you'll be I able to I agree enjoy it with him. 100%. I think uh uh him kidnapping the guy even though like cuz you see him leave and you're like oh no what is he doing? And and because that because he knew that like because i think even uh was chevy chase said at one point like this is the only thing you can uh do is like um to to help me out this day is kidnap my boss so that i can tell that little smug face of his or whatever so like he thinks this is my gift you know this is my gift to 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 the family and everything like i can't afford anything but i can afford to pick this guy up and kidnap him and put a bow on him and which i'm wondering how he got the money for the bow but <laughs> or how he did all Yeah. that He probably, but pro prob probably stole it. <laughs> probably Mad. Well, he had, um, and then the, the the wife was like, it was a beastly man in a leisure suit that, that kidnapped him. That, and, um, uh, but then on the flip side with Eddie's character, um, Clark tries to tell the kids, he's like, I was on the, the radio dispatch said that some pilots saw Santa. And Eddie's like, really, Clark? And Clark's like, I'm trying to help the kids here <laughs> play along here. It's just because Eddie's head of gold, heart of our uh, heart of gold, head of rocks. Pretty much. Um, Let me ask this to your TL. What was your What was your red wider BB gun? Oh God, we we discussed this on the last one too. Uh, Joe, you go first. Um, well, last night I talked about um, uh, the bicycle, the Huffy bicycle that I really wanted. And then between that and Nintendo was probably the, the big things for me. But over the years, I got all, uh, Star Wars stuff, and when I got that Death Star and the Hoth base and stuff like that. So I mean. Probably the bicycle probably would be the unique type of thing, but um, and I'll never forget when I got my first VCR too. So um, that was that was something. But uh, how about you, Jonathan? Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna do my whole story from the last uh last time. Uh You can watch the uh Christmas I story one, I I but I I I did a good little like fast paced version of yeah. mine, but So yeah. my fast paced version is uh Game Gear uh was probably the one that I really 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 wanted one year, and I I ended up getting it. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of if, if there was anything else that I Yeah, got listen. on. You, you, people, if they hear this, they need to listen to the other one because there is a, there is um uh, the the whole story with that with with your With the reactions game gear, and yeah, stuff like that. and Yeah, that was that. I really enjoyed that. yeah, I, I don't know if that's gonna get me in any trouble with like you know people quoting that back to me and being you know can't trying to cancel me with oh, oh man he was such a dick when he was a kid.
Um, yeah, who, but, who wasn't? Yeah. Who wasn't? When they who wasn't a bratty little brat? Yeah, when they were a kid. Had, had their had their little tantrums or whatever. Yeah. And then Paul talked about some stuff that was, you know, but uh, um. I don't know. I I never I didn't didn't ever want a BB gun or anything. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want like basically anything I wanted was whatever the hip thing was at that time. So mm-hmm. if it were uh, Sega Game Gear or if it were like a Nintendo game or something, I would always ask for that for Christmas or whatever. Um. The crazy thing about now is you can't have the right Red Rider BB gun because you can just go out and buy it, you know, yourself, right? So there's nothing you you want, you know, as an adult, you, there's nothing you want all year for Christmas. So adults are harder to buy for because, you know, we, we can just buy whatever we want, you know. As kids, you have to wait till your parents get you whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want. So um, what about you, Alfred? What was your uh, Red Rider Mine was a USS flag G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Nice. And did you get it? Yep. Did you did you like beg all year to be, you know, for I don't that? Know. I, I was like really excited about it. And I think I'm sure I brought it up more than once. But um one it's so funny because we, we usually open up our presents Christmas Eve and then Saturday morning we would just eat and have a good time. But this year, my dad he bought it at Children's Palace, and he hid it in a shed out back. And then Christmas morning, he brought it out, and I almost passed out when I saw it. Oh, <laughs> I, I think that my parents did that with the Game Gear. They did not put it under the tree. They put it, so you know, in the closet or somewhere, and then eventually gave it to me when I thought that it wasn't there. You know, that I wasn't mm-hmm. going to get it. I, I, I did end mm-hmm. up getting it, like the Red Rider BB gun. But um, you, you know what's funny? We're, we we talk about this night, uh, all, all these things about the stuff we open for Christmas, and then in the other podcast we talked about like the Christmas morning and how Christmas Day and stuff like that was. But thinking of this movie with Christmas Vacation, they don't actually make it to Christmas in the movie. It, yeah, the we movie never see Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, the movie ends on Christmas Eve. Ah, so interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. So don't you remember? He's like they bring him over, and it's the night before, and he says he's doing he's doing the reading of the, the Christmas story and all that stuff. The movie ends on Christmas Eve, oh. so it doesn't, it doesn't even go into Christmas Day on on, on in this movie. Yeah, that's an yeah, interesting so. idea. Like you would think, like a movie called Christmas Vacation, even though like it's the vacation of Christmas, you know, during whatever time right before Christmas, you think like maybe they would show that, but they didn't. Yep. It was it was the week leading right up to Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Eve was the end of it. Good point. Yeah, that's interesting to think. Of. I kind of I kind of thought about that after. I was like, wait, I'm not gonna see a freaking them open up the gifts and and stuff because like what I really liked the uh, the heart that this movie did have was that scene with him and the the little girl and Mary mm-hmm. Sue or or whatever, and she talking to him about. Um, the fact that they're not going to have a, they're not going to have any money for Christmas and how he, she thinks, you know, all this stuff. So it makes, you know, Clark feel bad and want to help out and want to do that stuff, even though he, you know, even though he wasn't rich himself, you know, like uh, my, my biggest problem, I think with the movie, just like thinking about it is the fact that, he wanted a bonus for a swimming pool, you know, right? Like he wanted a, a he wanted to have a um 
you know, swimming pool put into his backyard, right? Yeah, and for everything. The, for the family. For the family. But still, like, like that was what he was going to use on his bonus. Like, I'm sorry, but you could save up enough money later and get one. I mean, the bonuses, it sucks when they're expecting him to live. But if you're just there just for that, you know, like, I felt like that was a little bit, like, I felt like if it were for him to live off of and he wasn't going to actually be able to afford presents or something, it would have been a different take on it. But it was so you can have well, a swimming pool. Well, if, if you think back to the first vacation and, and his, just his characters, and they even make a comment when he's laying in bed with, with Ellen um, about – he's like, when have I ever done, overdone anything? So he always thinks grand. He always does grand it's grand visions with the family because it's like the first one, he charts out the whole game on the computer. And then the, um, then the character, then the kids start chasing his characters and stuff like that in the video game. But um, he's always looking at making this big grand gestures of going cross country trip to Wally world or having this big emotional Christmas vacation. That's like with the biggest lights that they have to reset power structures for. And, and so the bonus to me, combine that with, working at a same place for 15 years. And if you get this uh, a bonus every year, that was planned what he was going to do. So it, it, it was kind of a, a rash decision on his part that the common sense didn't kick in. Like, Oh, what happens if this doesn't happen? Well, um, I don't, yeah. And once again, maybe it was like, he didn't think like, well, yeah, he didn't think his boss sometimes. would actually do that. You know? Yeah. And, and I was sitting there thinking as, as a homeowner, I'm like, he's sitting there stapling into his roof. I was like, all those lights. I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> I was like, putting all those staples in your roof. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, I don't, oh, how did that even work? Yeah. So it's like, and then all the, all the staples into the sides, the, the walls and stuff like, cause he had what, 25,000 lights or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, I, I put little hooks up in the vent. That's about it for me on anything that's going to be attached to the house. And I'm in there, and they're plastic things that pop right off, so it doesn't cause any damage. But yeah, so it's just he doesn't necessarily think, and 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 he has comp he's completely oblivious to to what he's doing to his neighbors. I mean, shooting ice uh, the ice it's, it, through the window and stuff like that. Um, the tree goes through the window. I mean, he's he, he, common sense lacked on his, and, and he was just he was kind of an idiot. But he's a, he's the lovable idiot that we all like. Yeah, no, he's the lovable idiot. That's yeah. absolutely how he's, uh, uh, you know, how he is. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just, uh, yeah, you're right. Now that you're saying like his common sense didn't kick in and everything that sort of, sort of makes sense. But like for a long time, I was like thinking he's he's getting mad because he can't do a swimming pool. I know he like he already put down a deposit for it, so that was what the the problem was that he already put money for it and now if he didn't get the bonus he's going to be screwed you know or whatever mm -hmm. but that's yeah. kind of his fault like you know he, he should have yeah. thought through like things happened he might not have gotten that bonus you know yeah it's, it's like each year i know for for me with work it's like our we're, we're at a different time of the year for bonus but um uh it's like they always say it's never guaranteed but as a worker and stuff like that, when you're with the company for so long, you can, it, it, there's a thing that it's kind of expected. And, and, and I think he made the comment in, in the, in the thinking back to this movie, it's like, he said, 
um, if you're not going to give a bonus, that's fine, but don't, but don't lead us on or don't make sure you tell us and stuff like right. that so you can be aware of it. Um, but, but like, like, like we said earlier, it's like, it's a comedy. So sometimes in, in comedies, especially some of the slapstick stuff that goes on, um, you could sort of dismiss some uh, points that could be perceived as flaws or errors or issues and stuff like that. Um, because there's so much goodwill build up around it anyway, that that it that it can even withstand a fried fried cat. <laughs> oh man, sorry, Alfred. I know you know. Going back to the Gremlins, I know you hated uh, hated when the Gremlins got hurt. You know, so the fried cat, yeah, that must have yeah. that must have been pissed you off in some way. But the dog was okay in Gremlins, even though he did get hung up by on on by the Christmas lights. By yeah, but I now that I'm like thinking about it, that is pretty sad that he got hung up by Christmas lights and stuff. I was like, I was like, him and just whimpering. I'm like, oh, but I know yeah. that's that's so. sad. But this didn't have the dog in this movie. Nothing happened to him. He just he he attacked a squirrel. Um, he didn't even go yeah. after the cat, which was weird. I mean, I, I thought the yeah. cat was gonna. But that poor cat, man, he was inside a box for a while, yeah. like in a package, and then he gets let out and he fucking fries. Like, damn, man, John Hughes must not like cats, you know? I will say one thing that was kind of funny was when cousin brought his Eddie said, well, if he had nine lives, he used them all up. <laughs> that was kind of oh, I like it. And then Clark's like, where's Eddie? He eats these damn things. And Catherine's like... <laughs> Uh, not net, not since he's known that they're high in cholesterol. Squirrel is high in cholesterol now. <laughs> you know? it's, oh lord! Yeah. Yeah, so. uh, I'm like I don't ever want to eat squirrel now. You know, um, unless I was uh, trapped on an island and that was the only thing I could eat at that time, and I'd probably just go vegetarian at that rate because I don't like to freaking kill anything. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, so anyway, well, well I think uh, that wraps it up. That wraps it up. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, I just want to let everybody know that we will be back next year, next March. So I'm really excited for that. We're going to, uh, I'm not sure. Have we decided what we want to do for, if we want a theme or no theme next? I don't think we did. I don't think we I don't did. Think, I, I don't think we did. We, we wrestled with a few ideas, but I think it's basically, as of now, it's still it's going to be open open ideas. But um, I think you know uh, what I think no theme this 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 next year, and then next year after that, next season after that, can be like nineties or seventies or something. You know, yeah, sure. Like, but if, but if, but if but if anybody who's listening has a has a has a request or something like that, that's that we could definitely consider um, if if it, if it fits into the in, into the the idea of what this podcast is all about. We're glad to hear recommendation yeah if you if you have a recommendation of a movie or a director that you want us to talk about or something but i think it's going to be all movies again next year and whatever yeah. one we want to do so okay. I'm, I'm really excited thank you guys for another successful season of uh hollywood yeah, boulevard podcast and uh yeah i can't wait to do next season because i you know this season we had no idea what we we're gonna do and i think I think now we've got more of a hand on what we want to do, you know, for the mm-hmm. show and everything. So I think we'll uh, have a really fun, fun time. So, um, uh, yeah, but thank you guys. And uh guess see you all next year. 
See you in the spring. Right. Ne yeah, next year. <laughs> yeah. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs>